Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Geeking In. I am JM, your party host, to so grab your, your bob and your beer or your brew, half a sugar and almond milk, just how you like it. Nearly. And strap in for more weird conversation and people laughing at me because I can't get more words out. Uh, I am joined, as always, by the incredible, the invincible, the infamous, the snarky, futurist, <laughs> <laughs> our Tony Stark. <laughs> How you doing, T? Hello, listeners. Hello, gents. I'm doing very well uh, on this 12th take of Geeking In this evening. Let's go. I'm in. Yep, we start recording at four. It's now half past 11. Um, and we are joined, as always, by Mr. Fantastic himself, our flexible friend, the pyjama prince that was promised. And MB. Hey! Uh, and that's our... a happy days, listeners. I think very good. Fun's already. Um. Yeah. So that's that's. Are you, are you uh, wearing leather jacket and your pajamas this evening, B? I, I am. I always wear them. Yeah. So that is a hello. Do. To our listeners from Hemel Hempster to Dublin to Oregon to Arnold's in Milwaukee, indeed. Thank you for rating, review, subscribing, and sharing, and getting involved in the conversation. And in the conversation, you can answer the question I'm about to set B what two programs um, were came out of um, Happy Days? Uh, uh, Chachi and oh god, oh three, yeah, you're right. Chachi loves Joni as one, yeah. Um, or Joni loves Chachi. That wasn't what it wasn't any of the ones I was thinking of. <laughs> All right, come back to me on the other ones, I'll just google it. So, two that that came out of uh, backdoor pilots from it were um, Laverne and Shirley. Oh, really? Wow, and yeah, Mork and Mindy. Oh really? Really? That's interesting. Robin Williams was was Mork in in Happy Days. He he tried to um, steal the Fonz. So the ha- Happy Days had an alien invasion episode. Yeah. Presuming this was post shark jumping. No. Wow. I don't think so. Excellent. I love that this quirky sitcom about the. I was going to say the good old days of the 50s, but <laughs> you decide <laughs> about the 50s, had an alien abduction episode, and then next week went on to like buying burgers at Arnold's and stuff. Yeah. Excellent. With, with Leather Tuscadero? Was it? I don't remember that one. No, I think it was Susie Quattro, wasn't it? I think it was Leather Tuscadero. Hmm. That sounds familiar. Geeking in pod does happy days. I did we, read we, somewhere out... that more time has passed between the that seventies show coming out and now and that seventies show and when it was based, and that was very depressing. So... Yeah, there was something floating around the internet today, which is um, the there. It is now a greater distance between now and nineteen eighty, 
or the same distance between now and 1980 is 1980 and 1939. Fuck's sake. Um, well, that's why I talk to you guys to feel less old. <laughs> <laughs> At Geeking Impod on, link, on, on, on Twitter and Instagram is, is where you can go to tell us to stop talking about happy days and how old everyone is and hey. just start making silly jokes about shit um and whilst you are there you can check out our linktree link that takes you to everywhere we are including teesprings that sells our t-shirts our mugs and our masks and they are all absolutely stunning and beautiful however if it is uh, the wrong side of payday for you like it would be for many of us at this point of the month then you can just go on the website and tease yourself with what you can <laughs> buy when it comes out well and speaking of teasing, oh, we've had a couple of teaser trailers drop that we thought we'd start by talking about. Uh, so there's three particularly that we're looking to talk about. Um, I feel we should start with the most timely, um, the one that landed only today. We finally got the teaser trailer for December's Spider-Man Far From Home. Woo. B. What did you think? Mm, a little bit disappointed. How so? Oh, a number of things. I I just didn't think it it works. I mean, obviously they they they're teasing it, so they haven't given the complete storyline away. But what they have teased is obviously bits of the storyline. So um, obviously from the last Spidey. Um, everyone knows who Spider-Man is, um, yep. and it looks as if he approaches um, Doctor Strange, Stephen Strange, um, and proposes that Stephen Strange helps him, um, helps helps him regain his life by uh, making everyone forget his Spider-Man. Um, one more yes. day. And yeah, absolutely. And it just it just doesn't feel right. It's I don't know. It maybe maybe it's the first trailer and I haven't quite grasped it. Um it just didn't it didn't work for me. Maybe I was expecting a bit more. Um I don't know. I, I, I mean, think you there's an interesting question you're bringing up here, B about teaser trailers and expectations and you know how much you want it want from it because um you know this isn't the first trailer right it is the teaser trailer but mm. it's long and it shows it a long. lot yeah you know and we're moving into a place where you know our trailers showing the whole damn film and our teaser trailers basically trailers and then you get you know you, get, uh, you didn't for this one or at least i didn't spot any but you get teasers for teaser trailers and things like that um so, you know, in my my sort of expectation of this, of a teaser, it's pretty much, you know, I don't know, title cards and just the very basic feel of a film. Mm. Whereas here we got like story beats, you know, yeah. you've got uh, yeah. uh, act, like major characters, stuff like that. So this to me is, it's very much like a trailer. It's very much more than I'd expect mm. to see at this point. I don't know what else you're going to give me out of a trailer. Um, then again, Marvel's been, you know, doing black widow trailers for like three years straight <laughs> so. 
I mean, it is it 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 does kind of give you the entire synopsis mm. of the film, doesn't it? Mm. Um, scene for scene, almost mm-hmm. um, to the point where you even know why it goes wrong. Mm. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, and Marvel, I think, have been because I, I I mean, until this show, I basically stopped watching trailers because I felt like this gave too much away. But I felt Marvel were quite good. Um, and especially like with their Star Wars stuff, so the Disney stuff in general, you know, quite good at not giving too much away. So I was much more confident watching a Marvel trailer than I would have been watching a DC one. Um, and I don't know if because this is a Sony influenced trailer, it's much more open. Because, you know, Marvel mm. trailers will do things like fucking animate a Hulk who's not in the film. Yeah. How much money did they spend on the, on the, um, not Endgame, sorry, on the Infinity War trailer animating. Some dude spent months animating Hulk for that trailer when he was never going to be in a film. Um, mm. You know, stuff like that. Uh, so they will actually try and put you off this. It could be that. It could be the Trump put, put you off and it's all, you know, unexpected stuff. But it did feel like, yeah, yeah, you've just told me everything. Thanks, bye. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, and it's really weird because it's a film that everyone seems to know everything about anyway. Yeah. Um, so they've done a good job of of confirming without confirming everything. Mm. All I will say is, um, no one likes one more day. So the one more day I mentioned earlier. So that's an awful, gen- critically pan Spider Man event, isn't it? Um, where he had over the many many years of peter being spider-man you know um his identity has eventually come out and he's married it, to well, mary it, was, it was after civil war was civil it? War yeah. ID came out but also his marriage to mary jane you know essentially he went from being this teenager over what 40 50 years at that point to being yeah. a married you know was he a father no just a married man um you know and then they wanted to reset it uh, and instead of saying, okay, you know, Miles Morales is now Spider-Man, they had this event where they basically went back in time and suddenly, they, weren't going to, they went to a point where he made a deal with Mephisto and he is back to being single Spider-Man and no one knows his identity and he's not with Mary Jane. And it was awful. Um, the only sort of saving grace of it was that it made a big change because it took a long time to get to here. Whereas this was, you know, his identity came out one movie ago. It didn't come out one movie ago. It came out in the end credit scene of the last movie. You're not undoing anything big, you know? Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, it's... Um, but, I mean, they don't have 30 years, do they? They don't, they don't have that kind of time to play. So everything's shortened. Not as much as DC, where they roll, you know, more <laughs> of the biggest... Superman stories into to one part of their Superman trilogy, um, but uh, yeah, I mean it, it, it is it is paced. But one more day is an interesting one because there is a theory going around uh, the internet that maybe that wasn't Doctor Strange. I could well believe that because. I mean, how we remember Doctor Strange was 
he was playful. Not living in an igloo. Yeah, this is true. But it it just didn't feel like him. You know, it, it's almost as if he's had a little bit of a character shift. Um, in my opinion. So you are you are open to the theory that it was Mephisto all along. <laughs> well, he's been uh, promised, rumored. Was he? No, no, no. That that's two very different things. <laughs> they are not synonyms. <laughs> they are very different concepts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I beg to differ. Are they? Well, how? Based on what? Well, I mean, they, they they've been teasing him ever no. since yeah, Wonder Vision. No, the, um, people have been uh, looking for him yeah, ever since no. Wonder Vision. No, look, we we had um um uh, uh oh my god, what's his name? Uh, Loki. Um, what's his name? Boner. I can't remember his name. Ralph Boner. That's him. He was saying, "Come here." So, B, I'm going to pause you for a second. I don't think Jake can hear us right now, but I heard this rumor that he's going to sign his house over to you. It's just a rumor at this point, but you know, I guess that means he has to do it. Hey, Jake, we're back on. How's it going? Uh, it's fine. I was just looking around my house, thinking of how much I'm going to miss it. <laughs> Links to nothing in particular. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'll let you stay so, there. Don't worry. So, 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 talk us through the the. <laughs> thank you. Um, talk us through. Talk us through the the your your. So you were just saying about you know Ralph Boner. Yeah, absolutely. So he right. was saying um, he talked. He he dropped a hint about uh, Devil Spawn. Okay. Yeah, Mephisto. Um, yeah, in... but you see, the thing is, I've seen all of One Division now. Yeah, and no. Did. And this was all, and Doctor Strange was going to appear in One Division, as we all know. But he didn't, as he, we all know. He was planned to appear. He was rumoured to appear. No, planned. He, he was always going to appear. It's he wasn't a... always going to. He didn't. He literally didn't. Mm. You know what Division's finished, Me. Yeah, but he was... Going to appear, what? But he didn't, and then we went on <laughs> to Loki, Loki, absolutely, the and devil. the first, the first, absolutely, the first opening scene was a devil himself in plain sight, and I rest my case. <laughs> that Chewbacca defense is amazing. <laughs> Why is a Wookiee living on Endor? <laughs> um Yeah. I I'm not buying into the Mephisto thing. Even though it makes sense, possibly even more than some of the other things, because um, in one more with the devil, um, mm. and that's obviously lending itself quite strongly to all of this. 
Um, but surely if it was Mephisto, then the, the multiverse would be a lie rather than something that happens. But I mean, surely at the end of Loki, we saw the, the multiverse bursting through and coming full effect. So yes. Doctor Strange and Spider-Man casting this spell together and it going completely wrong. Wrong. How does that work with the multiverse, which in theory has already happened? Because the fabric of the multiverse was weakened dramatically by the events of Loki, which Strange mm. didn't know when he's cast the spell, and therefore he's doing something in a far more fragile multiversal setup than he realised, which is why uh, it went horribly wrong and split stuff. Mm. I think the Spider-Man stories have always been sort of the simpler stories, right? Um, just going to your that's not strange concept. I, I don't care if it is or isn't, but if it isn't, I felt it was that switch wasn't earned in the last Spider-Man film in Far From Home, where at the end suddenly, oh yeah, you know, that, that wasn't um, uh, Fury. Uh, there weren't, that didn't add anything. It didn't, it wasn't a good twist. It was kind of stupid. It, it there weren't clues, and I've seen the film again since, and there aren't like decent clues leading up to it that make you go, oh, well, yeah, yeah, that wasn't Fury. It was just chucked in there for no reason. So if it's not going to be strange, don't just have a perfect strange all the way through, then suddenly go, oh, yeah, by the way, it wasn't. Um, the way I read it was um, that it was just, yeah, I'm going to send you to a dimension where you know your identity didn't come out. Um, I'm not going to change this entire universe for you, Peter Parker, but you can, you know, one of those Ghost of Christmas Past type things, go see a world where, you know, it doesn't come out, but instead it all gets fucked up and, you know, all the different worlds start colliding or Peter starts traveling through the different multiverses. Um, I thought it was Peter's changing his mind that, that destroyed his concentration and the, yeah, the makeup of the spell. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that could be what made him go wrong, but yeah. But we will find out. We will yeah. we will watch and we'll see. Um, in other Spider-Man news, um, T, I hope you're sitting down. It mm. sounds like Spunk is no more. Oh, no! I was so looking forward to Venom 3, the Venomingest. Venom 3, Tokyo Drift. No, 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 no. They're still making all of those kind of oh, off-brand, slightly see, bizarre, um... <laughs> not Jared quite playing Jared what Leto. you want films. Right. Uh, but it is no longer the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. Okay. It's Sony's Spider-Man universe. Oh. So it's smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yes. It'll always be spunk to me. Um, so Spider-Man Far From Home is due out in December. Um, I think it's got a chance of being the highest grossing 
film of the year. What, Looking at kind of, so from really. Marvel, you'll have Black Widow, Eternals, and Shang Chi all hit between now and. I mean, December. the later you release in the year, you know, presumably avoiding another lockdown or whatever, the more yep. people are going to go out to see films. But I think this one's actually got more of a casual appeal. Yes, that's than true. Shang Chi or Eternals. Yeah. Um, Fast Nine will be one that's up there. Um, uh, the Suicide Squad, although all reports say that's not done very well. Mm. Although that's, I mean, how you can say that at a point where you're releasing on HBO Max, yeah, at exactly the same time, you know, it's still very weird. You know, the metrics don't work. Yeah, yeah, it's a box office flop. Yeah, but you've you've released it to however many million of people for for free. Um. Uh, but yeah, I, I think with the, the 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 overall appeal plus the the the, the bizarre buzz and hubbub about the film, um, I think this could be I, I, this could be the one that's um, the, the the highest grossing of the year. I think. Mm, mm, I agree. I mean, its main competition could probably be the Eternals. I would think, which is the second of the trailers. Um, so this one, B, to your point, is more of the story trailer after the initial teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, how was this one for you? How did you feel about um, Eternals giving you a little bit more, including, for instance, um, them ignoring Thanos? It was interesting. But like the Spider-Man movie, it feels very much that they've given everything away. They've just shown the cards. And what's the point of going to the bloody cinema to watch it? They've told you the entire story. They've, you know... Did I misunderstand you? I thought you said Spider-Man didn't show you enough. No. Oh, sorry. I I did misunderstand you. No, they've they've virtually showed the whole story, really. Um you know, how, how the problem happened and, well, apart from how they're going to fix it. Um, but, you know, with, with the Eternal show, you know, they've, they've revealed who the big bad is. They've showed um, the Celestial. Um, you know, what else is there to show? So, I mean, I suppose... My two kind of devil's advocate arguments to it, and that's the devil and not Mephisto, um, Mephisto. would be one, with something (laughs) like the Eternals, aren't you going to want to show a certain amount to try and get, you know, you're introducing a new franchise here, aren't you? So you need to Mm -hmm. kind of give some sort of context and some sort of understanding of it, um, potentially before people come in. And two... I understand everything you've you've just said, but I hate to break it to you, but it's it's actually been written down in comic form for about fifty years, so none of this is new. Yeah, no, none of it's new. But let's say someone hasn't read the comics. I mean, there is a, a market out there for people who hadn't read any of the Infinity 
wars or anything like that who didn't know who Thanos was. And those people actually bought tickets to go and watch the big movie in the cinema and enjoyed it. I'm not sure how they're going to hook people into the cinema to watch The Eternals. It, it seems the trailer was a little bit slow-paced. Um, there were elements to it, which I think they were trying to make a bit funny, which mm, were they funny? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Jury's out. God, a year off from Marvel movies, and you've just fallen out of love with all of them. <laughs> it's because they're not playing Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson enough. It's really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the thing around them needing to hook people, that, yeah, that is a thing. You don't really need to sell... I mean, you do now in this post-pandemic world, but in general, you didn't have to sell... Avengers Endgame, everyone's going to watch it anyway. You didn't have to sell Spider-Man Far From Home, really. You know, everyone has watched Endgame's going to go watch this film. Um, Eternals is a bit weird and wacky, and you know, without uh, the pandemic years, I think there would have been some momentum for it. I think with the pandemic years, you need to build up that momentum. That's the thing. I thought it was really funny. Um, the I, I laughed out loud. Um, okay. But you know, I also have very low standards. Um, <laughs> That's why we keep inviting you back. <laughs> why are you coming back? Exactly. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> made in Mephisto's hell. I thought it was really... I mean, like, uh, Kamal Nanjani has literally just says hello or hey, I think. But he just said it in such a funny way. I laughed at that. And he didn't even have all the best jokes. You know, I, I just felt like the tone of this is great. It is... It's Marvel, so it's going to have... I forgot that term. Was it bathos? Where it's just, you know, it fl- flips from serious moments to, like, quips. Um, and that's fine. And, you know, I'm seeking a bit of comfort in that as well. But also, um, it seemed like a lot of world-building. Yeah. Uh, and th- I love and a lot of showcasing. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was, a, it was a lot about, you know, let me show you that, you know, that person you love. They're <laughs> in this film. You know the bodyguard and and Game of Thrones. Here he is. Yeah. Oh, Game of Thrones. Still, here is here's Jon Snow as well. And uh, you know how you loved, um, uh, you know Angelina Jolie. Here's Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Uh, you know it, it is very much kind of let me show you the stars that we've. We're not going to hide to the fact that we've spent all of the money mm-hmm. on that we should have paid Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. on um, <laughs> on this cast. <laughs> And and on a uh, out there unexpected kind of cast, you know, we 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 didn't get these people to come in and play the biggest Marvel characters. Um, and then, in fact, at the time, we cast sort of relatively unexpected unknowns for the biggest Marvel characters, which is which is the right way to do it, right? Um, so yeah, I I'm in. I'm I, I was I was excited by it. <laughs> You know, in the old comics, where each character would reintroduce themselves and like their superpowers every time. Like, um, yes. <laughs> like, I'm flicking through old Transformers issues, and it's just like, yes, Optimus Prime, I can do this. Your trusty Ironhide with his powers of ice, and yes, I'm also here with my powers of deduct. You know, just nonstop uh, because of Stan Lee's thing of um, what was it? Every uh, comic, someone's first comic. 
Yeah, and you know, this is many, many people's first view of the Eternals. I mean, even when we start talking about the initial announcement of the trailer, teaser, poster, you know, we were all trying to remember the one Neil Gaiman one that we'd read and what little of it we sort of remembered. Um, so yeah, I'm up for all that introduction stuff. You know, also to take place in the in the film itself. I'm up for all the world building. You know, you've built the MCU very, very well. There's that excitement that we got at the end of Iron Man, or in fact during Iron Man, when uh, Coulson kept saying "Strategic Homeland Intervention," and you're like, "S H I E L D." You know that bit of a world building uh, and at the end of Hulk where Tony Stark turns up, you know, you can't get that anymore because it's such a wonderfully vast world. To I get want to talk to you about the Avengers it, initiative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. Lost it at that point. It was just so amazing. You can't get that anymore because the world is so wonderfully developed, but now to get this kind of layer of world building, here's the stuff you've not seen. Um, yeah, exciting, man. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's um... I mean, it looks stunning. Um, cast's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be really interesting because it's a story that runs alongside everything we know, but kind of doesn't intersect. And how they do that and how they move forward on that could be quite interesting. Uh, whether there'll be an internals too will be quite interesting, especially with this kind of cast. I um, think it didn't need to be uh, an MCU film, right? And I thought, why would you want to jam it into this? I'd just love to see this film as a standalone. And then I just thought, well, being an MCU film guarantees a level of budget, a production, you know, a Feige skill that comes in that just means you're getting the top-notch version of this film. Um, and the only concessions you generally have to make is yeah, you know, you'll have to mention Thanos and you'll have to probably shoot him, shoehorn in the next um, MCU film and have a, have a you know, uh, what do you call it, an after credit scene and stuff like that. But because of that, but you've you got, a... yeah, but you've got kind of, um, you know, you're introducing the Black Knight, aren't you? So you've got that kind of link to other stuff going on. You don't need, mm. you, you don't need all of the, the Eternals turning up on mm. stuff. You know, Cersei doesn't need to be seen again. Yeah. Um. You know, you you can kind of go with, you know, the 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 lower characters in regards to kind of like power levels and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting look. It's an interesting take. Um. It's something very different. It's it's going to be quite a swing because you know the last time they tried something this far out. Inhumans. um, well, I was going to go with Guardians oh, in, yeah. the, in the, the MCU in regards to, you know, a, a a a very niche comic trying to introduce. You know what? I think yeah, I agree. Guardians was insane, especially for the time it came out. I'm going to do Rocket Raccoon. The bit that I thought was sort of safe was, and James Gunn himself wasn't safe because that's not the kind of director he was. But the approach that they took of, you know, it's just going to be very funny, um, that was quite safe. You know, it was very sort of Joss Whedon quippy. Um, whereas this, the, the feel of it's quite different. Yeah. Mm. And that's cool. That's exciting. Yeah. It'll be interesting. But it is a, a very, very different take than, than what we've seen previously, which is exciting. 
Um, another very different take on what we've seen previously is the updated, relaunched uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe series that got its first trailer. Um, mm. So this is um, a, a Netflix series that's due to release in September, uh, September the 16th, um, and runs parallel to Revelation. So this isn't a continuation on, of that in any way. It is a, a reboot, in essence, of mm -hmm. the He-Man story. Um, a little bit more cyberpunky, a little bit more kind of modernized, um, a little bit more of a ensemble piece with uh, all the characters standing up to be the masters of the universe. Love that. Um, if, if Revelation's pissed off old school He-Man fans, I have a feeling this might mm. uh, not land incredibly well either. Um, T, I mean, we, we talked previously about you not having that, that level of um, nostalgia for the, the original He-Man filmation series. How does this one feel to you? So I, yeah, yeah, I, I don't love, I didn't know the old series as well as, or, you know, been reflecting since then, and I think we had three VHS tapes that I just watched over and over again, but not more, not beyond there. Um, but that series did feel like a love letter to old school He-Man fans, um, you know. Uh, and for me, my experience of He-Man was mostly, I guess, through the toys, and I saw all my toys on the screen, and it was a really good, a great story that me as an adult could really enjoy. Uh, this one felt like feels like a reboot for today's kids. Um, so the, my immediate instinct was my daughter's going to fucking love this. This is great. Um, and we mentioned last time, you know, that I sort of saw that as leading to, you know, the, the conclusion of that will be we have the power. It's not just going to get passed on to Tila and that'll be the end of the story and, you know, go on forever. It will be the dissemination of that power. This has just done it straight away. Um, and it's great. Yeah, I think I think it's both great. I think it's nice to have a He-Man show that's more for me as an old school fan and also done really well. There's, there's something really nice about it. Actually, it's being rebooted for today's audience and continues to be a kid show. Um, the people that moaned about the last one, you're right, will moan about this one. Probably there's a little bit more of, look, for fuck's sake, you know, this isn't for you. This is for your children and your grandchildren. Let them enjoy something without you moaning about it. Because um, it just seemed like a, a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it is a, a a very kind of modernized, kid friendly take. Um, it seems to have um, addressed the um, consent issues with with Cringer turning into Battle Cat. Yep, um, <laughs> that hadn't occurred to me before, but yeah, there you go. Um, wow, amazing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Battle Cat got me too. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it is far more kind of, you know, He-Man he and the Masters of the Cyberverse, mm. it seems. Um, B, what were your thoughts on it? I hated it. Okay. I didn't like what they've done to it. I want He-Man to be He-Man. Um, it just it just seems to a, a too big a step. 
And I appreciate what he's saying, you know, bringing it up to date for the new generation. But God damn it, I'm not the new generation. I'm the old generation. That is absolutely accurate. I always feel like, you know, your He-Man show is still there. Yeah, I mean, this is this is not new ground in regards to trying to reinvent the He-Man story for a new generation. I mean, what's this third, fourth attempt? Yeah, there was the New Adventures one where he went forward in into right. space, and then there was a really good one as well. Uh, I think two thousand and four, something like that. Yeah, and that had a kind of story arc that went for the, it was only one season, right? But it it built throughout the whole season, and that was the the one that canonized the Keldor yeah. Skeletor um, origin story. Mm-hmm. Those were all, I think, much like this, the latest one that you're talking about, you know, very much for the kids of the time, right? The, even the sort of 2004 one, that wasn't quite sort of nostalgia boom stuff. It was, you know, Let's get kids to like it. Turtles was getting rebooted for kids at the same time. Um, you know, I'm a Transformers fan, and Transformers. Every time they try and do something for the old school guys, it ends up being really shit. I I think just keep making the kids shows. Those are great. Um, and also, you know, I went and watched Transformers '86 again last week because it's still there and I love it. And I can keep watching it as long as I like. I don't have to watch the new ones because they're not really made for me. I think it's, um, I mean, it's an interesting take. I, I, I like some of the character designs. I absolutely dislike some of the character designs. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that uh, I will see if my kids want to watch it. Um, I'm sure I will, I will watch the first episode to see how I feel about it. But um it is very uh, different, and and I think what mm. it seems to be doing, which is going to to really kind of piss off some of the original fans again, is um, again it's going to play up the fact that He Man is, you know, might be the strongest person in the universe. He's sure as shit ain't the cleverest. Yeah. Um. And it's others who are far more involved and understand and are working through and are the problem solvers. Not everything can be solved by He-Man punching something. Mm. Um, and that seems to be kind of where we're going with it. I mean, you know, I'm not making this up, right? The old He-Man shows did have like morality stories jammed into it and all that kind of stuff as well, didn't it? Yes. It wasn't just, you know, so... They, they did all that back then as well. It's just yeah, it was... they did. I mean, the the last uh, the last minute or two was either Man of Arms or, or someone yeah. coming on and said, "Listen, or, or kids, yep. yeah." It's just that um, the, the morality of today is slightly it's matured. It's different. It's you know we need to teach it's kids more interwoven. It's more uh, you know it it was a bunch of very very white people, yeah, telling people how to you know usually men. Yeah. Telling people how to, to to solve the world's problems. Yeah, it turns out that's not been that successful a formula. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, you know, anything that's done nowadays 
struggles because it's automatically beaten over the head as, you know, a, a diversity flag. You know, oh, there's women in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were women in the original one. <laughs> Jay, what well, one of the greatest moments for me a couple of years ago now was watching Cyberverse with my daughter, Transformers Cyberverse. Now, these are like 10-minute episodes. They're really short, and they star Bumblebee, a lot like his Michael Bay verse interpretation, and Windblade, uh, you know, the female Transformer who didn't even exist back then. And so totally different from the Transformers you and I, you know, used to watch. And she loved it, and I loved it, and we had this kind of joint conversation about Transformers. And every now and then, you'd, you'd hear a little bit about Optimus Prime, and then she'd want to know about Optimus Prime, and we could have conversations about Optimus Prime. It was so, like, beautifully connective. Um, and I think that's just this great, you know, so if your kids like this, and then they want to talk to you about Man at Arms, you know, that would be so cool. You're going to love it. It would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. I mean, it brings new people there is no way on earth that my kids are watching the 1980 yeah. 80s <laughs> he-man yeah it, the, the storytelling's too slow the animation's too old you know they're going to pick up on the stuff that i kind of noticed like the fact that you know so many of the film the fights are the same mm-hmm. and so many of the animation is stock animation um and there'll be stuff that you know we talked about Sensibility is maturing. That you're gonna, they're gonna pick up on you. You're gonna go, oh shit, that's not appropriate for today's world. Yes, that's, you know my kids are far smarter than this. We're watching Thundercats, and <laughs> it's fine-ish, but you know there's a lot of conversations around the episodes, like the the sheer nudity of the first one. <laughs> that's okay. They're cats. We were fine with that bit. <laughs> okay. Why did they put clothes on when they got to Earth? <laughs> armor. They put on armor, B. Yeah, Jay. It's, it's more socially acceptable. <laughs> um, Lion-O. Yeah, that's a big question. Over the age of consent? Mm. And also, you know, the whole the royalty stuff. And, oh, so we must all just listen to him, even though... He's an He's idiot. Twelve, and you know, Panthro and Tigra and Jadara will know what they're talking about. Yeah. And how are you doing with the Egyptology of it? Yeah, that's not easy. But that's one of the reasons I'm trying to. I'm watching it. Yeah. No, I know. I know what you guys are going to do because you're dicks. But you know, <laughs> I do work. I try and work through it, and this is one of the ways I'm working through it. So your favorite dicks. website that we won't talk about because, you know, I don't want to slander and you don't want to give free publicity to, um, uh, had a really the fucking worst. I've, I've always found them really good. Um, uh, had a, this hot take that you're going to come up with is going to be the fucking worst. Had a loose Funko, figure it wasn't like a funko as in like a, a funko pop but funko oh, yeah. made this loose um uh, retro looking mumra mm. and it was like eight quid and i was so oh, tempted man. to buy it for you just because oh, a my. um it's mumra and and you know that was hilarious and b it was from them and you know <laughs> 
just uh, just address it to <laughs> yeah exactly just order it straight from them yeah get them to deliver yeah. it straight from you yeah. assume that i have my luck with it turning up rather than your luck with it turning up and then um yeah assume you've not been blacklisted from the website um and then yeah so you you turn up you you find this box from them which would confuse the life out of you and then open it up to find a, a mumra doll yep um, be like, how did they know? <laughs> to be honest, I would assume what you'd actually ordered me would be a, the entire boxed set, and that's what they sent me because that's the fucking standard <laughs> of that website. <laughs> Tia bought you a cat's layer for your birthday. I, 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 I almost bought it from them because it was reasonably priced, and I was confident that it would be arriving with you in a short amount of time. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> But yes, that's uh, you know three big trailers. I think uh, we've we've just kind of gone through um, and looking forward to all of them in equally weird ways. I think. Um, but if you want to see the teaser trailers for the next batch of films, then you need to go back to the source material and go and find some comics. Very good. Very good. Which is exactly what B and I did this weekend. Woo-hoo. Yes, for the first time in about two years, um, B and I went to a comic show uh, in London, in uh, Russell Square. Um, it was uh, Comic Comics Mart. I, mm-hmm. I, I have this London Comic Mart. That's it. Um, uh, and is uh, on every three or so months um, uh, and uh, was uh, quite a wide selection of um, vendors and sellers. Um, and uh, yeah, we went and had some fun, looked at some comics and spent some money. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That's the end of the podcast. I was, I was waiting if you had anything to add to... <laughs> uh yeah I, I think that sums up um pretty much everything that happened uh, <laughs> uh it was um busier than i expected um and there were quite a few uh, vendors there um which also surprised me yeah Bigger i mean I the, the um why thank you um the um <laughs> uh, we we entered in the the the, the pay time so the first hour is um uh pay to to enter five pounds entry fee uh mm-hmm. from 12 it was uh open for free so you kind of pay to to have that kind of uh first look um and you did notice the difference the moment the pay window kind of came down you didn't mm-hmm. notice uh, the room stock up quite strongly after that um uh, but yeah, as you said, you know. A, a what do you mean? Sorry, what, what happened after the pay window? Um, it got far busier. All right. Mm. Um, it, it definitely got far busier, and it's funny because um, one of the vendors that we were speaking to, the first one that we we, we purchased stuff from, mm-hmm. um, uh, Rupert from Incognito Comics, was it? Uh, that's the one. Um. Uh, in various locations, Enfield and Hitchin and a few others. So, you know, mm-hmm. check him out. Um, he was saying that he thought it was quite quiet, um, not quite as big a turnout as some of the others. 
um and uh we pointed out that it was kind of the the, the pay window so um uh yeah uh, i think he um definitely saw an increase straight after that hmm. um, but it was quite a varied selection and collection wasn't it there was some really interesting books on show really interesting to see what's what war books were out what what you know the the, the big ticket items they had up yes especially kind of looking at the impact that marvel films especially have had on um marvel films especially but you know just in general the the, the ip wars mm-hmm. have had on books uh and a couple of vendors were talking to us about how you know books that that would have been two pound books a little while ago are now going for for silly money um and that they were struggling to keep up with it but it's good to see there were so many people out there collecting i think the vendors were surprised at how busy um how busy they were i mean certainly you know if they expected to be busier then i'm sure they would have had more people behind the stands um yeah yeah that's true so isn't this one good. of the most booming industries like when geek shops opening during pandemic and things like that just, just collections have skyrocketed people have got nothing else had have had nothing else to spend their monies on so yeah and that conversation happened a couple of times as we were wandering around about you know that that um uh impact of of you know people getting into new hobbies and collecting and um you know for for some people um you know the pandemic has has meant that they have more uh disposable income because mm. of saving on travel and various other stuff um so that was that was definitely kind of felt um as wandering around and i very much think it's just the alternate you know endorphin hit right so the thing that you would get from seeing your friends and going out and you know doing something happy <laughs> yes t um, for your toys <laughs> and for some of us it's, we realise it's better than seeing friends at all <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is better fuck those guys <laughs> don't actually have to go out <laughs> it was it was quite interesting it was quite uh, I, I, I know I commented a couple of times it was it's probably the busiest place I've been for quite a while um and london was busy so you know it was um uh, a couple of football matches on that day as well you know chelsea versus arsenal was going on we're not going to talk about that um mm. uh but you know there, there were there were a good few football matches around so the tubes were busy it was it didn't feel like a sunday mm. um and it definitely didn't feel like it has for the last 18 months no no I mean, that was good to see that it's it's starting to, well, I don't know if it's good to see precisely whether we're out of the pandemic quite just yet, but it's good to see everything opening up again. And, you know, from that perspective, loved the comics. Um, I loved seeing some of the Funko Pops, the little uh, statues. Um, It was great to see um, the um, um, trading cards, which is a whole new, market which is opening up yeah um you know the rare those... transformer stand was oh yeah that was amazing <laughs> that was absolutely beautiful 
I mean, yeah. I don't know where they got the, the the prototypes from, but you know, they were beautiful to see in real life, weren't they? Amazing. What can I say? They, I do, I, I do love up. that you guys can somehow think that there is a Transformers exhibition somewhere in London that I'm not aware of. Oh no, aware of, just not going to, <laughs> especially especially if we go. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I did pop in around four o'clock, but unfortunately, I you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, B, you, you asked me very politely to, to help you make sure you didn't buy too much. <laughs> yeah, thanks. What was that. your approach, B? Was it, here's my budget? Was it, here's how much I can carry home? I know you were reorganizing your comics the day before. Yeah, what, um, were you looking for specific things to fill? Uh, no, no, I, I was just looking for whatever caught my eye, to be honest. There How were, is it there different were a few from things. online? It, you actually get to see, see it, um, and that's what I liked about it. You, you got to have a look and, and feel the merchandise, uh, see what it looks like in real life before you actually go ahead and buy. And, you know, you get the opportunity to, um, I don't know, sometimes, you know, if you're buying on, on you know, eBay or or Marketplace, you, you know, you, you offer them a cheeky little bid um, to see if they accept it and they politely tell you to bog off. This you can see. Um, so you know, not you're the people who do that <laughs> annoying underbid thing. It's not underbidding. Hey, if you if you put in your wow. best offer, yes. then accept. You know no, you've no, got no, to no. accept that my best it, offer might not be the asking price. No, no that's fine. Uh, in my this is my seller experience. There was no all best offer. It was just this or a much higher bid. It now and the amount of messages said, oh, how, how about I just pay you half of what you've got this up for as your minimum? Oh yeah, no, that's. Uh, and it was like no, <laughs> that's you. a different. But thing. even a few people who would offer the minimum price. Saying, you know, I don't know, put something up for a tenner, so message me to say, I'll buy it off you for a tenner. Then bid for a tenner, you dick. <laughs> There's a process here. Um, before you got on your soapbox, Sorry. my answer is that, you know, for me, internet browsing is a very different thing. It's always fairly targeted. Even if you are, you know, trying to kind of go down rabbit holes and everything, that it's always quite linear and fairly targeted. Mm. what i loved about the comic show what i what i missed um and i i i did the the school shoes run on the saturday and and met up with my parents for a coffee uh, on the saturday as well uh and went to a new record shop in in sutton um mm. and and it's the same thing of that being able to kind of flick through um and just being able to flick through the long boxes and see what was mm. there and all the rest of it. Mm. There are so many of the comics that I bought that I'd never actually thought of looking for buying, owning. Um, mm. and, and it is because I've looked at it and kind of gone, oh my God, it's there. You know, mm -hmm. look at that. That's, that looks really cool. I'm, I'll get that because it's here. Um, and that, that coincidental browsing, um, I don't think happens as easily on, on the internet. So mm -hmm. I don't think there is a single comic that I bought at this event that I would have um, uh, if I was sitting on my couch on, yeah. on the Sunday instead. I, I can I'm, see that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. 
the the two comics, the two main comics that I bought, I've seen them online. I tracked them online, and there's no way I thought I could be able to afford them, so I never bought them online. But actually going to the show, finding the comics, seeing that perhaps they are affordable because I'm able to say, well, I know you got this advertised at that price, but would you accept a little bit less? <laughs> when, also, did you, when you just buy it, when you saw it live? Because that, okay, so I'll be honest. I, I bought a, um, a, a Tog Morfarling cover. Um, yes. It was advertised Gorgeous. at 70 pounds. 70 pounds um and i asked him if he'd accept 60 and he said oh yes. this is live this is in the, in the... yeah yes. oh i understand sorry yeah. i understand this is the story oh wonderful okay and that 10 pounds i saved um there and then went and purchased <laughs> uh, uh sandman number five, five. i want to say yeah Excellent. five pumpkin it yeah. yeah um and you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that because no, I, I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood. I thought you were taking your knowledge from the shop and then taking that online. Oh no, no. Ah, uh, oh, so yes, and and I think I've definitely done that afterwards in the sense of I saw um, one of the comics that I I, I was very drawn to um, at the event uh, was Alpha Flight Number One <laughs> um, because why not? Um, and, um, uh, there were, there were two copies there, one for 25, one for 35. Um, I ummed and ard and ard and ummed, um, and decided not to, um, because I, I, I did look on the internet and, and found them far more reasonably priced mm. elsewhere mm. and was being, a, and, and had a better understanding for me of what the value was. And and also kind of my my gut instinct of what I was willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yes, there was a thirty five or twenty five, and I've bought one off of eBay for fifteen. Yeah, very good. Because you do you do pay a premium for for that in in person browsing, don't you? It depends <laughs> because some of them less so. Um, so you know the the Batman that that um, B was just talking about when he was doing his due diligence over lunch, um, you know, 70 wasn't a bad price. Mm. No. Fair and I got it for less for that. So Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I guess in my mind, I was thinking part of it is you're willing to pay for, you know, the experience of it. I mean, you guys know, yes. whilst I buy comics, I buy them to read, I don't buy them to collect. I still would have bought something walking out of that because oh this is the one i bought from that time when the comic con together yeah and it would have been interesting and and you know at some point in the next you know 18 months i'm sure we'll find out when we can arrange your diary accordingly um (laughs) to see whether that would be a a kind of a a wall book style comic or or a a flitting through the long box style Mm -hmm. comics Mm -hmm. um uh, and yeah, because I mean, it's a combination of of, of all of them. Um, but it is, it's it's you know, you, there are some, and, and again, 
you know, B and I had this conversation as I was desperately trying to talk him into buying more comics than he actually wanted. Um, I, I think I won that argument. You went back and bought Batman. I, I, um, I did. I did. You, you did a very, very good job of kind of sharing the pain, though, didn't you? Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, there, there was a point of, you know, you, you're paying a little bit extra in, on the fact that you are walking home with that comic today yeah. rather than, you know, it coming to you within the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, that yeah. Thing, especially, I, well, I, I, I don't know if these were, are these slabbed ones you're buying or sort of like through ones? I don't think you bought any slabs. No, no, I, I did. There was one slab that I really wanted to buy. Mm. Um, and that was Star Wars droids. Um, that was a 9.8, um, which the vendor said he was going to put on eBay for 235, um, but he was willing to let me have them for 150. Um, but looking at again over lunch, um, looking at, at eBay. You can actually get them at, at similar sort of prices. Yeah. Um, so I didn't buy them. I, I went for raw comics um, and then a Star Wars droid um, comic advertised somewhere, which I won't say because Jay will just go and buy it. Yeah. Um, and um, um just waiting for the um, person on eBay to come back to me to see whether he's going to accept the offer. Well, I suppose the way an in-person thing could be cheaper is that, you know, as a seller, you're paying for all the eBay fees and you're paying for the PayPal mm. fees and the, you know, no one's paying friends and family and that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a reason they did let that go as well. Uh, yeah, and I think that the new eBay rules... Are, are are making things a bit frustrating for people because yeah. they're no longer linked with PayPal, are they? So no. I was speaking to someone the other day who um, had suddenly they they'd sold something on eBay fairly recently and suddenly got sent the invoice for the fees. Yeah, because they no longer take them out automatically from your yeah. PayPal like they yeah. did previously. You then get an invoice to pay from it. Um, so it's a faff, and then you've got the postage, and you know, will it get there, and the insurance, and, and yeah. the rest of it. Whereas you can, you know, just hand it over mm-hmm. the counter, and you're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it did surprise me how few um, uh, vendors took card. Mm. There were a lot of them that were only cash. Yeah. Well, maybe I should have gone with my uh, other hat on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there were all declared sales. A hundred percent. Yep. Um, you know, I they well, I mean, yeah, they were they were making really astute records on the back of cereal boxes. Um <laughs> and you know, just just wads of cash in an ice cream container. So But you, you know, there was some serious amount of cash being exchanged, OT. Um you know, I I was patiently waiting to pay uh, for my comics, and uh, the guy next to me um, purchased a whole. I can't I, I can't remember what comics they were, but there were like six comics, 
and it was well over a thousand pounds. Um, he traded in, I think, four or five comics um, and paid the difference, I think, of about 600 quid. Um, so there was a lot of money being exchanged, and there's some really high value comics yeah. up there. All right. Maybe maybe we have a conversation later. <laughs> maybe we edit this out, Jay. <laughs> Let's have a conversation. I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. Sadly, you are with us on the next one, except slightly different. Um, so, B, from what you bought, was the Batman your favourite? Um. I really like the Wolverine one as well. Um, That's issue nine, was it? It's eight, I think. Uh, Yeah, eight. I'm desperately trying to look for it now. So you guys, you know, you send the the mail calls as they come in. So we all share, you know, whatever parcels come through the door and stuff like that. And that's always fun. But there was some kind of extra joy to seeing what you'd picked up in person. Mm. And I don't know if it's just, you know, seeing you go throughout the day in the midst of your sending and things like that. But it just seemed so much more. So uh, all that Jim Lee stuff was, it's exciting to see, oh, hey, you've got this comic. But I think maybe in my mind, I sort of think, all right, it comes through the, it comes out of one box and then goes into another box and that's the end of it and that brief time is when we saw it whereas this felt like there was a story you went mm. you found it you searched for it you picked it up oh my god you've got this fucking awesome jim lee x-men avengers thing going on that's really cool yeah i mean you know my um my comics are, are now stored safely in a box <laughs> i will take them out later this week when i when um probably on friday because i've got a day off um, I'm going to clean them, press them, and look at them again. So, how, um, how do you clean comics? How do I clean comics, Mister Sheen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, very, very carefully, um, with um, well, depending on how dirty it is, you either wipe it with with a clean cloth or use a m- magic eraser and and paintbrushes and 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 all sorts so you're saying i should take them out of the dishwasher <laughs> <laughs> you, no do not put them in a dishwasher or wash you hear it here first ladies and gentlemen or use water to clean them no 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 so what i mean you're dusting them basically you, you it, lifting you, off some of the dirt yeah mm-hmm. without trying to take off the color Pain, yeah that's interesting. We didn't cover that in our comics discussion. I, I don't think B was into cleaning at that point. So this is, you know, the, these are all the things that get, we talked about the grading system mm. and, and the, the variance between, and again, you know, we when we were looking at some of these, you know, the variance between a 9.6 and a 9.8 for, for some of these mm. comics was, enormous. you know, yeah. four times the price mm-hmm. difference. Uh, based upon you know the smallest of of flaws that could reduce it, um, but things like the color on the the, the, the things and any chipping and all the rest of it mm. are all stuff that brings it down. So anything you can do about pressing or cleaning um, just kind of brings up the the standard ever so slightly. Mm. Interesting. No, it's also nice to have a thing to do with your with things that you've purchased. 
you know what I mean? It's a way of enjoying it. There's yeah, I mean, I, I, I've not put mine away yet. In fact, three of them I'm using as coasters right now. <laughs> um, God, I hope you bagged and bought at least. No, you, they're all bagged and bought anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. Ex- but, except for you know, my two raffle wins. Apart from your two raffle wins. So there was a raffle. <laughs> they had some amazing stuff uh, on this raffle, yeah. including a, um, a Ultimate Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. Um, first Miles Morales could be yours for for you know the one pound cost of a raffle ticket, or well the thirty three pence cost of a raffle ticket because it's three tickets for a pound. Yeah. Um. Uh. So we both uh invested in some raffle tickets. <laughs> From my six, I won absolutely nothing. <laughs> And for my six, I won absolutely nothing as well. You won two comics. I did. I did. So did someone win that Miles Morales comic? Who knows? Know. Oh, no is the answer in that case. <laughs> <laughs> dodgy ass place where they only use cash. Mm. Did they honor the raffle system? <laughs> they did. Um, the, 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 the question that obviously no one knows is, was that number in the bas- in the bucket? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, it's it's it it it's a bit of fun, isn't it? Um yeah, yeah. so my favourite part of that was you know, so so B managed to get two winning tickets. Yeah. Uh the winning tickets ended up in, with zeros or fives. Um so his first winning ticket was um one of the Marvel UK reprints of um, some of the older stories, um, you know, like the, the super comics that you see in, in W. Smiths and all the rest of it. Oh, right, yeah. Um, uh, and, and that was fine. And it was like, oh, you know, it's a comic. And, and you know, and then the next one, he, he reads <laughs> out and the guy goes, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's something big. And he's looking around, looking around, and that was another Marvel UK <laughs> <laughs> he he built it up and then knocked me down. Yeah, I mean he he went straight for the big stuff. He was looking at the 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 the, the art behind him. He was looking oh, at the posters. God. He was looking at he was looking at you know some of the the bigger comics on the uh, and no, it was just another Marvel UK number. <laughs> but I mean, a win is a win. Be a win is a win. He wasn't even bagged and boarded. That's what I can say. Well, and is it do, now? What do you do with these? No. <laughs> What are you going to do with it? Um, I'll, I'll read them, actually. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they are such Stop trash. Me. He's actually going to read them. <laughs> I'm curious, though, because, you know, presumably space is at a premium with your amazing collection. Once you've read it, does it go in the recycling? What happens to this comic? Um, I think I might give them to my nephew to read. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. If they're any good. Otherwise, <laughs> you know. I'll, um, I don't know, give it to Oxfam mm. or something. So you you resisted my uh, push to try and get you to buy the first appearance of Bishop. Yes. Yes. No bias remorse on that. N- no, because I, I, I already have um, a cameo. Either you see the first appearance or a cameo. I, 
it's got to be the first appearance I've got and the one that you found was cameo and first cover appearance. Um, no, I, I don't, I don't regret that. I think, yeah, no, I don't. I, I am. You sound so sure. I am regretting not buying the droids a little bit because it, it would have been in hand. It was a 9.8. It was slabbed already. Beautiful yeah. cover. Um, but, you know, there'll be others, hopefully. So I bought some random things, um, as I'm prone to do. Um, but uh, one of the ones that I picked up that you, you could have asked me 15 times and I, I wouldn't have told you because it wouldn't have occurred to me. Um, I've, I picked up a copy of, a copy of um, X-Men number 19 from 1966. Um, the first appearance of uh, Mimic just because it was an affordable, very old, original X-Men comic. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, as 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 I I, I did say, B, I, I haven't actually read the comic. Uh but I have opened it and smelt the comic. <laughs> Musty. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh a, a nearly sixty year old comic. Yeah, there's not many people who've who've got that, so I think that's one of the things that attracts me to comics is is that smell. <laughs> Sometimes, um, it's like cat from Red Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's um, it's that you know, it, it's it's that exclusivity that not many other people have that particular comic. <laughs> But hey, that's just me. <laughs> it, I mean, it was um, a, a fantastic uh, run, and you know, as I said, you know, the, the the really interesting to see kind of the war books and what was out and what was you know getting attention, like uh, a lot of the original Kirby Eternals stuff um, was out and about. Oh, a lot yeah. of the. Um, uh, a lot of Spider-Man, a lot of Daredevil, a lot of Batman's, a lot of um, uh, big stuff. And one thing that did seem to have a lot of piles of, uh, and maybe it's just because I was looking for them, um, but there were lots and lots of copies of What If, <laughs> which may be something to do with our final topic of the day. Uh, but before we get there, before we discuss What If Episode 2 in... Um, glorious, glorious, spoilery Technicolor. Um, we are going to do our recommendations in case you haven't seen it and wish to to step away. Uh, so, um, T, what's your recommendation for the week? I don't know. I've completely forgotten because we've been talking for so fucking long. <laughs> he gave me enough of an intro so, for me to look around my bookshelf and I'm like, what so, the fuck was I talking about? So, T, would you like to tell us why you're recommending Last of the Wreckers this week? Oh, thank you very much. 
Oh, Jesus. You wouldn't believe we had done this for like 120 shows or so, would you? Last stand of the wreckers. So... Um, right, so... Uh... <laughs> The Transformers uh, have their own version of basically the Suicide Squad. Um, well, the Autobots have their own version of the Suicide Squad. So it's uh, uh, basically it's a changing team of like um, uh, the you know uh, of the Suicide Squad. They go in and most of them come out dead. Um, and this was a concept where they thought you always know who's going to go in and who's going to come out, right? Because you always know. Uh, the people in the in the eighty four cartoon are going to survive. The main character is always going to survive. Um, so the wreck is is kind of it's about red shirts, right? And the way the the writers approach this comic is they said, "All right, obviously you're going to know who's going to die. My job is to make you care about these characters before we get into it. So we're taking the most Z list unheard of characters." who've either never had toys or only had the one toy, which was a European release or a Japanese diaclone never seen again, no one gives a shit about kind of character, um, and make you fall in love with them and therefore be really distraught for, you know, if, if they're going to survive or not during the case of this comic. Um, I, met, I, I recommended More Than Meets the Eye previously. Um, this is the comic that got the writer of Modern MCI, James Roberts, that gig. So he was mates with the other writer of this, um, Nick Roche. Um, and when they did this, it uh, became so popular uh, that he got this massive run out of it. This is probably, I think, um, aside from some of the, you know, the original uh, Marvel stuff, uh, the Simon Furman stuff from back in the 80s, this is probably the best Transformers comic. And you don't have to be a Transformers fan even to get it. Uh, uh, because, as I say, they're unknown characters and you fall in love with these characters as you as you, uh, as you you read the comic. So just, just fucking awesome stuff. I've, I've, I've read this book so many times um, and I just picked it up last week again to start reading it. Probably because, you know, we wanted to go and watch Suicide Squad and yet again failed to go out and watch Suicide Squad. So I thought I'll read the version that I have. Um, and it's amazing. I love it every single time that I read it. Last time the Wreckers. Wreckers? Wreckers. Wreckers. Um, linking to our previous conversation, they had um, uh, a lot of the, or they had about five copies, five volumes of um, Transformers Best of the UK comics Ooh. that I almost picked up for yeah. sheer nostalgia to see whether Target 2006 made any sense to me as an adult when it didn't <laughs> make sense to me as a child. Um, uh, although I loved it all the same. Mm -hmm. um, B, what's your recommendation for the week? So my recommendation this week is Tron Legacy. Um, it's a... God, you really hate the classic one, don't you? Great follow-up to that no, no, original no, 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 Tron. One and you know should you not have seen the original uh then you should watch that as well so in essence i'm recommending tron and tron <laughs> legacy <laughs> oh dear i've got to edit that so it cuts out halfway um <laughs> it's a it's a great movie with um you know 
great special effects, um, great storyline. And um, if you'd heard my recommendation a few weeks back uh, about um, Free Guy, um, which was also about a game, this is also about a game. Um, it's a so, great, so great premise. Tron is, you know, universally beloved and whatnot. Tron Legacy did less well, didn't it? I don't know why, because it's such a good movie. I, I think the DH Jeff Bridges scared a lot of people off. That was really weird. It's 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 one of those kind of um, technologies at the moment that either looks spooky because it's so good, or spooky because it's just so uncanny valley. Hmm. Has de aging looked good in a film yet? Captain Marvel with Sam Jackson wasn't awful. Um, Is that the only example? I think it's always bad. I thought Robert Downey Jr. in um, uh, Civil War. No, that was creepy. Oh, in the bath technology. Um, Oh, yeah. um, In uh, Spike Lee did uh, uh, The Five Bloods last year, I think it was. And he didn't... Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And he didn't de-age any of his cast for all the flashback scenes. Um, it was a great interview, a question asking about, you know, how, how come how come you didn't choose to do that? How come, you know, um, is, it, is it just because you feel the technology doesn't work? Is it because you can't get the actor's uh, expressions across properly? Is it just because, you know, does it affect your art? And she goes, no, man, it's cheaper. It's so much fucking cheaper. I didn't waste that money on that de-aging stuff. I loved it. And of course it didn't affect the film. You know, it's a suspension of disbelief. You were fine to think, all right, these guys looked like this 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, de-aging tech is creepy. And that's my logic as to why Tron Legacy fell out. You were, that's where it could... You see, okay, like when they tried to de-age, you know, Xavier and Magneto, it was weird. With de-age Jeff Bridges within... A computer program and he looks a bit computer programming surely that's the place where it works right yeah but you have to make it a feature of the story rather yeah, than make, just yeah, that's true allow it to be a theory that people cook up to make explain why, yeah, why yeah. it hasn't worked very well because uh, um, Olivia, not olivia mum olivia uh, uh wild olivia wild looked like you know, perfect. Because she's perfect. She I was going to say, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't setting myself up for that, but there you go. Uh, but anyway, Tron and Tron Legacy is available on Disney+. Plus. Watch it. <laughs> um, I'm going to go the comic book route, and I'm going to recommend um, the Age of Apocalypse storyline mm-hmm. um, from the 90s. What if... Um, Professor X died. Mm. Um, and basically, this, so they, they've revisited it a few times in different mm. ways. Um, uh, so they've expand, expanded the Age of Apocalypse era and the storylines and brought some of the characters into, um, into back into kind of canon and into, um, how it all works, but, um, in essence, what happens is Magneto sets up the X-Men. However, he sets up the X-Men 
um, in seclusion. So they all go off to Wondergore and set up there away from the world. And because they are so far away from the world, they open uh, the opportunity for Apocalypse to um, uh, attack humanity, steal various nuclear weapons, and um, kill most of America uh, and enslave them as the as you know as a mutant um, world. Uh, and then they fight out from underneath. Um, so great kind of you know Elseworlds ish, what if ish kind of. Uh, bleak dystopian future because of something that happened. Um, some really amazing character designs uh, and redesigns. Um, yeah. uh, you know, they, they they went some very dark places with some of them. Um, and uh, yeah, just a, a really good. Um, uh, you know, everyone's everyone's familiar because they're they're characters you know, but strangely different. Um, which I think really kind of um, uh, made it a, a compelling little story. So, you, uh, Age of Apocalypse. You picked up the toy line recently, didn't you, Joe? I did, and um, I'm in the process of picking up the complete omnibus of um, of the story. So, I've picked up Wave One of the toy line. Wave Two comes out next month, maybe, depending on on when you know excellent sites get them in mm-hmm. stock um uh, and yeah some just you know great character it'd be interesting to see if they go for a wave three and if they do which characters they uh, expand with mm-hmm. awesome but from one what if storyline to another <laughs> what if black panther still was fucking awesome but was in space instead So that wasn't quite the question of, of what if this week. Um, the question this week was, what if Yondu outsourced the collection of Peter Quill uh, to his ravagers rather than doing it himself? Um, and apparently what happens is uh, Taserface uh, goes and uh, picks up uh, any old Terran, um, distracted and, and confused by the vibranium readings from Wakanda. Uh, they pick up a young T'Challa and take him off into the stars instead. Um, it it was um, it was quite an episode. Mm-hmm. So I think this um, last week, Jay, you had a thing around. Oh, does this what if actually lead to this kind of thing? Uh, and this week, I think even more so. They just like, that doesn't matter. Look, you know, the concept is what if, what if T'Challa, Star Lord, um, and we'll give you a line to say, you know, whatever it is. But that's the what if we're going for. Um, and I'm quite happy with that. Same as you know, what if um, um, uh, Agent Carter, Captain America, you know, the thing. Yeah, of, I, I felt this one made more sense in a lot of ways. Um... Because there was a, you know, my 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 criticism of of last week's was, um, what if Sharon Carter didn't go upstairs? Then suddenly she'd be Captain Carter, although not much else had changed to lead her to that point. And then actually, it pretty much ends in the same place of she disappears for seventy years and blah blah blah. This one had 
far more ramifications, far more kind of, you know, working through. It turns out wherever you put T'Challa, he is, uh, you know, a king. He is a leader of people um, and therefore has an impact in, in a very different way. Um, so, you know, we saw a, a non-genocidal Thanos, for instance, uh, or the, the very different Ravagers, for instance, because of his um, influence, rather than, you know, it, it all just kind of goes exactly as it was. Mm. Yeah, it was more changes, if you think sort of butterfly effect kind of way. I, th- I think, for me, it was more just, we're just going to do fun stuff, you know. Yeah. It, so can you track back to why you know Thanos would have been that way and that would have made Gamora not Gamora beg your pardon um Nebula Nebula sorry you know uh, and then she's right it was more just you know let's just let's just do some fun stuff I thought and it was great um man I wasn't I wasn't prepared to be as emotionally impacted as I was um I know we talked about uh David Boseman's passing, you know, at the time and things like that. But just hearing his voice at the start, uh, right at the end, the um, uh, uh, the message, yeah. Damn, you know, I I think I hadn't realised I was as affected by Chadwick Boseman's passing as I was. You know, because because I don't I don't know, maybe I'm a cold-hearted weirdo, but celebrity deaths, I don't sort of don't really impact me beyond oh okay but yeah this one clearly did um i just it was just so well done it was fun story it was really positive um you know just seeing t'challa and and you know they kept posing oh there's going to be this big question of um does he choose family or does he choose space and the answer is both you're not putting him in this awful situation where he has to choose one or the other it was just just heartwarming and wonderful and interesting and funny and perfect all the way through. B? Yep, all of those. Um, you know, it, it does blow me away reading the cast list to the voices on this. Jeez yeah, um, Louise. And, you know, right from the outset, hearing his voice and knowing what we do now, it's, you know, it, it, I find that really hard to kind of accept that someone who would have quite clearly known that, you know, this awful, god-awful thing is happening to him um, and still goes ahead and does that, you know, quite literally, it, it, it just blows me away. Um, yeah yeah I mean it's um, I think the power of him and the power of Black Panther is is something that you, you you kind of forget and then you suddenly have this absolute kind of reawakening to um, so you know the I, I, I got goosebumps when the the, the, the Wakandan drums kicked in when he saw the spaceship and you know it's just a power of that that soundscape that they created for that film that you know it's just so iconic a sound um that it just kind of triggered um and it is you know it's it's 
such a character that has such a reverence. So, you know, you, you could have done this story in many, many ways. And there are many people that you could have picked to be the what if so-and-so became Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably wouldn't have gone along with, you know, and they can change the Ravagers and they can change Thanos and they can have this Robin Hood thing. You know, they, they can have this kind of, you know, my God, you're Star-Lord, says mm-hmm. Karath, the pursuer. Um you know, should I bow? It's 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 not actually a real title. Um, you know, the 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 regality and the humanity of the role is brought by Chadwick Boseman. You know, he he makes that that you know just regal um, stance of what T'Challa is and and who he is. And it, it, yeah, I mean, if if it was, you know, what if? Hawkeye becomes Star Lord, then yeah, I mean Jeremy Renner, as good an actor as he is, wouldn't have had me kind of going. Of course, Hawkeye could have talked Thanos out of killing half the universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Chadwick Boseman and Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa can yeah. and does. Um, the episode itself was, as you as you can get when you when you do things with you know the collector, it was an absolute Easter egg dream. Um, you know his weapons chest um, that includes you know Cork's hands and Meek's blades and um, you know various other things uh, was brilliant. Um, the the hangar of the spaceships. Um, including, you know, the Grandmaster's party party yacht and um, even an X-Wing hanging up there in the background um, and the Nova Corps ships and all the rest of it, uh, all just, you know, absolutely incredible all the way through. The Dark Elves in there, um, they had so much fun building that world and, and just, you know, hiding people in plain sight in it. Um yeah, no, it all. I, I thought it was all. Fan- I mean, even down to silly things like you know, they they kind of made a point of that was his spear that he turned into his necklace. But his necklace is, you know, very much modelled after the one that T'Chaka was wearing in the Ninja thing. So, you know, it's it's very much that he's kind of copied his 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 home and his his father and and things like that. So, um, yeah, just out and out, I I thought it was was an amazing episode. You know, we often think we we're talking about this. I think with Star Wars, where there's sort of you know the layers of stuff, right? So the movies are the top layer, and then you got the TV shows, and you've got the cartoons, then probably the comics. And in terms of how much energy, effort, money is poured into each of those productions, and therefore how sort of canon they are, how much you think about them, all that kind of stuff. This just feels like it's been made with so much love and care, the same amount that's put into the to the movies themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is a real example of um, the body, the mo- so a Marvel movie isn't made by its director or directors entirely. You know, there's the whole Marvel production team behind, uh, you know, Feige and co who are running everything. And I just feel like this is all of their influence coming through. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and it's great. So, you know, you've got these, you've, you've got these people who are living and breathing and loving and respecting these properties um, and who then obviously continue to make these properties, but can also create stuff of their own and not in the vein of, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. but is going to give it to another showrunner is going to go and do it. It's kind of in-house. It feels truly in-house. It's really just amazing stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it, it is, you know, quite um, well done, quite revered in, you know, they, 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 they take it seriously in their own way, even though they're telling silly stories about silly stories. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it was, it's one that, that um, reassured me uh, about, you know, the, the, the series and what it can do and what it, will do i think um because i was i was i was a little bit flat after the last one it wasn't bad it just didn't grab me um and, just, and I, I wondered whether it was going to be kind of the first one that i considered a miss yeah and it, it would have been easy to think that way you know we like i said you know we were going from watching mando season one and two to I mean, I was a couple of episodes into Bad Batch, and I was like, ah, so this is something else. I don't feel like I'm, I'm missing out by not watching this. Whereas this feels just in the same vein as, as Loki, as um, uh, uh, Wonder Vision. You know, this is just the next thing. It's just a slightly different medium. So good, so good. What a fun story. This is one I can't. An episode, I cannot wait to watch again. Yeah, and again for you know the Easter eggs all the way through, um, definitely just worth watching again and kind of picking up all the stuff again. Mm. So yeah, a really good, um, a really good entry and a really fitting tribute to what may well be our last um, Chadwick Boseman um, input, uh, but. Yeah, just um, really, really strong, I thought, this week. Yeah. So the only person missing from the scene was um, uh, his sister. I forgot her name. <laughs> we're on, we're on hour 36 of this show. Sorry. I thought Shuri was there. Was Shuri not there on, on the, the right-hand side? She was. She was oh, right at the end. Okay. Um, she didn't have a speaking part. Not a but... speaking part, then, okay. And then, obviously, in speaking, the big news, the big, the big kind of kerfuffle was that wasn't uh, Dave Batista back voicing no. Drax. Oh, was it not? Yeah. No. Um, and there was a little bit of he said, she said mm. around it in regards to his answer when he was asked directly as to why he didn't come back and voice was um, he wasn't asked. Mm -hmm. um, and and Marvel put out something that says, you know, everyone was approached either directly or through their agent. Um, so there seems to be a little bit of a breakdown in communication as to why he didn't yeah. come back to do it. Um, which is which is you know slightly disappointing, I think. Really, I mean, I'm not one to side with. Marvel execs and stuff like that, but 
they're not exactly they're clearly not shy about asking people to come and reprise roles given the utterly insane cast of of the previous two episodes no um it does not feel that if you're if you're kind of costing up and and drawing a line batista doesn't feel like the one that's kind of like well that's out of reach yeah exactly um or, or you know, or you, the, he's the one that you get to, and like, ah, fuck that guy. We can get someone in to do that yeah, instead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure what happens there, but it's a um, uh, an interesting one, I think, uh, and, and just you know, a, a certain air of disappointment that that it didn't work out that way. But yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I didn't notice. Um, and <laughs> it's one of those that because you have enough stars and I'm just going to assume everyone's the actual actor. Yeah, and it's it's a throwaway line. Yeah. You know, it was it was a it was a very funny Drax line. Um, but it was it was a you know it was a cameo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we wait. We are we are less than eight hours away from the new one because this has been a 16 hour episode um <laughs> so actually if this if this conversation goes on much longer we will be able to do a live <laughs> reaction <laughs> a live watch along um but let's not let's let's try and and edit this show for the next six hours and <laughs> yeah <laughs> get this out before the show comes out mm. so we will leave it there and we will speak to you next week uh for six hours um <laughs> if you so... made it this far i mean amazing right thank you yeah thank you very very much <laughs> if you've made this far send help uh... <laughs> if you've made genuinely if you got to the end of this tweet us or message us on instagram or something you, you're going to get a personal shout out next week because I can't believe anyone's made it this far. Do you want to give a, a code word so we know? Wait, just just say anything. Just say you've got to this point. There you go. Um, and we will we will celebrate you um, early into next week's show, so you don't have to wait <laughs> yeah. for hour seven <laughs> to find out. <laughs> Which you're clearly willing to do, so. <laughs> I mean, we're complaining about it and added another 45 minutes of us talking about how long the episode is. <laughs> so let's let's get out of this now. Um, so thank you very much for listening all the way through. Uh, do tweet us at Geeking in Pod if you've made it this far, um, or on Instagram at Geeking in Pod, um, and we will speak to you next week. Bye bye. Adios. Cheerio. 75 hours. <laughs> 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 <laughs>